the Askell Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris. Hello everyone, welcome to another Primary Leader Podcast. My name's Tiff Harris and I am the Primary and Data Policy Specialist here at the Association of School and College Leaders. A few weeks ago, I was really, really privileged to be invited again. I've been there before and I'd probably live there if I could to visit the STEM Learning National Centre at the University of York. And it's just the best place. I think we're probably going to talk a little bit about that later. But it was here that I met with the team who I'm going to introduce you two very very shortly and we talked about the importance of STEM subjects but particularly for primary schools. So today I am joined by the STEM CPD lead Mark Langley and Alice Coates who is head of marketing and customer experience. Hello to you both. Hi. Hello. Okay so Oh, I've got so much I want to share and, and, and explode with love about the work that you do. But I'm going to I'm going to calm myself down and hand this over to you a little bit. And can you start by telling us a bit about the about your own career history to date and what brings you to the STEM Centre? And I'm going to ask Alice first to share that and then over to Mark, if that's OK. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Tiff. Um, so I'm I'm Alice. I've worked in marketing and education for over a decade, which is slightly frightening for me. Um, and before that, I worked in marketing and customer experience in social care as well. So so quite well connected um, between the different experiences that I've got there. Um, I really enjoy and kind of love that I I can apply my marketing skills in something that's so important. So being able to work in a sector that's so purpose driven um, and so um, exciting for young kids who I also have of my own. So it's kind of really, really being able to see firsthand the impact that we're doing. And I'm Mark Langley. And so my background is chemistry and medical physics. And then I went into teaching secondary and post 16. And so I taught for 15 years and led several departments in schools and wider leadership team membership as well. And I came to STEM learning 15 years ago to lead on the applied vocational sciences. And at that point, we were looking at how we can get more people into technical routes mm -hmm. rather than just going on to the academic routes. And things have changed over the years. But one of my key parts is primarily leading the science programme across our primary and secondary networks, as well as the wider STEM networks, which we operate. And also sometimes that involves working overseas as well, actually supporting other countries with actually developing STEM teaching and learning as well. Okay, thank you both. Right, I've got so many questions to ask you and I've only got about 20 minutes. So I'm going to be really quite focused on this. Let's start by asking what do you offer at them what do you do what is it what is it because it's it's a it's a strange old place isn't it I mean when you get there you're not expecting that at all and um anybody listening to this has no idea what I'm talking about so what what is it what do you offer what is the CPD what do you do yeah, oh, I'll make a start and then I'm sure Mark will jump in here. But STEM Learning is is a provider um, of education support across the STEM subjects, so science, technology, engineering and mathematics. Um, and we are particularly focused around professional development and subject specific support for teachers. 
and that's right across primary, secondary and into post-16. Um, as well as that, we have lots of programmes that are around how you can enrich your teaching and, and enrich ex experiences in the classroom. We have a programme of um, volunteers from industry that go into schools and support. They're called STEM ambassadors. Um, and then we also have thousands of, of quality assured resources which are really focused on those STEM subjects and um, that you can integrate those resources into your, your teaching. Um, and I think, you know, one of the really big things to, to say and one of the, the really strong things that we have is, is trying to make that support affordable. Mm. So one of the things we're, we're, we're well aware of is, is the tightness of school budgets and the ability for staff to get out of school in order to participate in CPD. Um, and that's one of the ways we work in um, partnership with the government and with employers to try and bring money in to make sure that we can make our support as affordable and accessible as possible. Because just before Mark continues and I know he's going to say more on this because that's so important at the moment isn't it particularly in primary schools and I know you've both got something to say about that so you know do chip in and I'm, and I'm sorry if I'm you know, taken away from what Mark was going to say here but the reason why I want to speak to you about primary right now is because that's where we really need to to be isn't it for all those reasons. Yeah and it's interesting though because although we we talk about STEM a lot that doesn't always translate directly into the classroom because we don't mm. generally teach STEM. We teach the subject areas. Yeah. Or in Qualtech in primary, we might be teaching thematic approaches as well. So we really focus on the science and the computing part, along mm. with the digital skills, because obviously there's the math subs and other organisations to support that subject-specific professional development of teachers. And we know that's really important because the subject-specific part, doesn't matter what subject it is, is really important to build the confidence and understanding of people, particularly if they're teaching outside the areas that they trained in. So if you're a primary teacher and you come from an arts and humanities background, you will need some support in science yourself. And we know that certainly in primary schools at the moment, science can sometimes play a bit of a second fiddle to mm. maths and English because of potentially accountability measures, but also because of sometimes where that confidence lies. And so we're trying to raise the profile of science and computing by being able to give those that support to teachers and to make sure the resources sit there as well to, to, to work closely with it. And just seeing some of the recent Ofsted um, deep dives into primary, mm -hmm. you know, getting around a quarter of those and looking at science in particular, because I think Ofsted have picked up the fact that in some schools, there's been a, a move away from that real phase, particularly in Upper Key Stage 2, what science might be useful for, because of the not having the, the compulsory science, for example. Yeah, thank you. And, and do you see a, a lot of a lot of that um, confidence lacking or a need for more confidence, I suppose, not necessarily a lacking amongst primary teachers and leaders because because they often come from a background that's not science or computing? Is that a common? Is that a, a thing yeah. that you see? It certainly is a common, it's a common thing in terms of, I think there's two parts, one of which is the subject knowledge. Mm. And so actually we try to support teachers to make sure their confidence goes beyond the level that they're teaching at. So they can answer those sometimes more challenging questions that kids love to throw at, at teachers, but also how they structure science a lot more within their school and how it's laid out the good support. So that also means making sure that there's good progression from EYFS onwards. And we know the real importance of EYFS and, and we, we share that real desire to make sure the teachers are feeling really confident in those settings with science and computing. 
but how they then stretch those through, how they plan well, they resource it. And we found, particularly within science, that many primary schools have stuck with a very rigid interpretation of the national curriculum. And so where there's exemplars given, which is, you know, science is one of the few places there is this mm. level of exemplification, that's all they do. And so yeah. they don't necessarily get the wider variety or even better choices that could be made. So sometimes that's a bit of support that we try and give teachers. Um, and also identifying teachers' own pre and misconceptions as well, so that they're more confident in how they can diagnose those with young people and then actually what interventions that they might do to move them on. In, in, in a safe space because I've yeah, seen absolutely. that and I've seen teachers walking around in you know the, the white coats the lab coats um looking looking very happy there and and in the and you people helping them with that it's it's the right place isn't it to go and and and, and get that experience and that knowledge that you need I think it's incredible to be able to have this purpose built space that we have here with the facilities that we have here but also really importantly a chance to get out of the school setting and focus on your own professional development in a space that you haven't got all the interruptions and you haven't got all the other things that you need to be doing in that day or that few days and one of the bits of feedback we get all the time is actually about being able to network with other people yeah. that are in a similar position to you and because it's the national centre here in York, they're ge really geographically dispersed. Mm. And that doesn't matter because it's more about kind of sharing your experiences. And in fact, it's quite nice, I think, that people meet new people and forge kind of new networks and new friendships as well. Um, but you're right, people are often smiling here. And I, I think that's that's a really rewarding part of, of what yeah. we do and what we get to see on a day-to-day -day basis. Can I just re reinforce this to our listeners? I've been to the STEM National Centre twice now and everybody smiles. I mean, it's, the, it's it's almost weird. It's not fake. Everybody's happy. Everybody's <laughs> smiling and everybody leaves. And if, if you are a visitor there, you leave with a, with a grin on your face. It's just such a lovely place to be. And um, I was just going to say that we've noticed a lot at, at Askell the need now, I think probably coming out of the pandemic, I th there was, there's been so much being put online, digital training, online training, online webinars that we almost think that's the future, but I, I'm not sure it is. I think that particularly school teachers and leaders are now feeling the need to get out more and to network again as they used to. and. You know, maybe maybe it's an education thing, but I do think that the the need to just go outside, but budgets are tight, and a lot of schools can't do that anymore. So that affordability um point that you made is is really quite important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And and we we kind of run different CPD in different modes depending on what it is. Mark might might jump in here because it's mm. more of his area. But yeah, we do have <laughs> we do have some online CPD and some CPD that's delivered remotely. But that's where it's really specifically fit for purpose. So if it's possibly covering a particular area of physics knowledge that actually that that can be very well delivered online and 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 be really easy for teachers to access. But there are some um, teachers and some subjects and some things that we need to do in terms of professional development that is better done in that face to face mm. environment and sometimes better done as an intensive opportunity. Um, yeah, I right. think the, the options that people have when they come here um, or any other intensive type of CPD, particularly when they come to the National Centre, it is 
it is quite hard work in terms of they're, they're having a lot of contact. It's not the fact that they're just going to come and have a nice day and a nice lunch. <laughs> it's the fact that we expect people to plan in advance what they're going to get out of CBD. What are the needs that they have for themselves, their department, their school, their phase, whatever it is. And then as they go through to plan, what's next for them? So we expect action planning to take place. And then that's followed up as part of our impact toolkit process. So we're looking at that immediate short term yeah. needs, but then we're revisiting after a month, after three months, after six months, after a year to see where teachers are, what's the next support that they need, but actually getting them to reflect with their line managers. Well, well what impact is it having? How can we help you measure that impact? Mm. Because that's really important. And one okay. of the things that we, that we found with that intensive CPD as well is you often get teachers across phases working together. Mm. So we do quite a bit on transition. Um, and it, it is a bugbear of mine as a secondary teacher that many secondary schools do not believe what the outcomes they get from primary schools. And Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that, Mark. Did you all hear that? If you didn't, <laughs> just rewind this 10 seconds and you can hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's the fact that we find that many secondary schools then find themselves pressed for time in their curriculum. And this has been picked up by offset of multiple reports. And science is probably the worst for this in terms of their repeating teaching stuff that students already know. They just haven't actually identified where any misconceptions or preconceptions lie. And they just assume a base level of zero. And it actually is a major surprise for many, especially leaders of science in secondary schools, but even only subject teachers about how much depth of knowledge there is with primary schools, but they don't necessarily know the context it's being taught in. And even though we have these transition activities with individual schools and trusts, the actual depth of knowledge that teachers have between the subject areas is, um, and un that understanding is not as good as it should be. That's one of our big areas for, for development. Thank you for that, Mark. Um, and actually what you're doing is answering all the questions I've got on this sheet before I've even got to them. So thank you very <laughs> much, both of you. Um, I was going to say what are the links to secondary here? And, and I know that from working in primaries and secondaries over my career, um, it's it, it's it's not intentional on on any side. It's to do with hard work. It's to do with um, you know lack of time. It's to do with all the other things you have to do. But I used to refer to that relearning as treading water. That it's like redoing the same things again and wondering why at secondary those children have not made progress and it, and it's probably because you've been teaching them the same stuff but it's it's about it's that inconsistency isn't it some so some some primary schools are doing a lot some are not doing as much some don't have the confidence some do and it's about you you linking that and and actually one of my one of my big things at ASCOL is 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 connecting primaries and secondaries in in a better way. I think you know we we all have a duty to 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 help with that, and and I know that a lot of the work that you do, um, does do that. So thank you for the work that you're doing there. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about is the enthusiasm when um when when the children come from primary and then they go to secondary um before before they, I, I have one at the moment, I have one of those, I have a year six child in my own house that's going to um, year seven, and they have that enthusiasm, don't they, it's the pick me hand, pick me, they're on the edge of their seat, they're excited, they're enthusiastic, and it's it's about bottling that and taking that into secondary, isn't it, for that excitement for learning science and technology, so that they want to progress, they want to take that as an option. And I think that's so important from a long-term focus a career perspective we're talking about we've, we've talked about children we've talked about teachers we've talked about leaders but let's talk about you know us as a society we need 
more people going into science we need more girls going into science we need more children from disadvantaged backgrounds going into science and just to before you answer that question because i know you've got a lot to say about that we've we discussed it before we came we came on air um everybody who works at stem has been in a in a in a school in a primary school or a secondary school these are all ex-teachers or ex-leaders doing this so you know this is not a course i'm not suggesting that any course online is not right but these are these are teachers teaching teachers that's what you do isn't it for all of those reasons that we've just talked about yeah absolutely and it's really important that everything we do is based in evidence and it is actually good practice so it's not the latest fads or trends it is about things that work in the classroom that work for leaders that work for individuals and we know that primary school is a really important place because we know that most young people's opinions of what they can do and what type of things are available to them in terms of careers further down the line are shaped very much in primary and so at the heart of our work is supporting that good teaching and that good teaching and learning that goes on will then cement better ways. And we know from all the research, I mean, particularly that we've supported with, with Louise Archer, is about, you know, science capitals and spires, is the fact that we need students to be really engaged with the subject, not making it all whiz-bang and exciting, but actually being really engaging, being meaningful and actually being relevant. And to do that, we've got to support teachers. So if you're teaching outside an area that is not your comfort zone, you've got that confidence that leaders in schools or, or subject leads can develop curricula that really enhance the learning for young people and that can bring those local contexts. And this is where our STEM ambassador program comes into its own because it enables those local links with companies and with other industries to actually really bring that real life local stuff into schools as well. And we've, we've seen some amazing things go on. Uh, with schools linking with local industry and partly that through some very enthused partnerships as well but um yeah it, it, it's it's bringing that real life stuff in and actually getting teachers being really confident in it uh, i mean we did actually take a group of primary teachers to cern a number of years ago and some of the activities they were doing back in their classrooms with students would have been also equivalent in an a-level group but actually the primary kids were actually understanding it better yeah. and it was taught really really well uh, and was was delightful they were bringing this really cutting edge science to a group of kids who were then really really eager to understand the computing the technology the engineering and the sciences that sat behind all this thank you for that um i i was going to ask you um what what you do then um and i know you've hopefully got a list for me but if i speak quite slowly now so that you can get this answer ready um what what do you offer i know you offer so much and that's a podcast in itself but in a nutshell, what do you offer? And for somebody listening to this right now, what 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 would they expect to see if they walked into the STEM National Centre? So what are you what do you offer? What can they um what can they get support with? What can they buy into? What do they get? What will they see? Well, when you first walk in, you walk into two giant spacesuits hanging from the ceiling. So it's quite a, it's quite an interesting walk into the building, uh, having having crossed the bridge. Um, do you want to uh, take a little bit here? There's, Do they there's have names? Huge... Have you named them? <laughs> no, but I think we should now. I think we should, yeah. <laughs> yes. They're sockle suits, so they're they're uh, they're the ones that are used in the return in the uh, in Sputnik and uh, not Sputnik, sorry, in the. Um, Soyuz capsules, Sputnik, oh. I'm only 50 years later to date there. But they're the, the suits that are worn to, uh, as astronauts re-enter um, from the space station. So they're Russian suits, uh, which are currently used by the, the ISS. 
Wow, brilliant. Uh, but yes, what do they actually offer? Well, <laughs> when they're coming, so there could be a variety of courses going. So some of them could be subject knowledge for a key stage. So it could be their teachers coming here for two or three days. Um, some courses that might actually be two chunks of time. So they might come for two days, one term, actually put something to practice in their school, actually see how it's embedded, then come back and reflect on that for another couple of days and then plan for more interventions, more actions in their school. Or they could just be here for one, two, three days, and they could be looking at subject knowledge, they could be looking at embedding working scientifically well, they could be looking at embedding um, computing in key stage one, key stage two. It could also be very much on the leadership side of things. So it could be courses around how you arrange suitable assessment. How do you actually make those support for staff within your school? So you're actually developing the training that's going on there. We have a very popular course called Help. How do I lead primary science? And it's that kind of I just need I need something to help me get off, get a starting point and get a path. And, and as Mark said earlier, kind of get that action plan of what am I going to do when I step into this um, kind of leading this subject? And I love titles like that. It sounds it sounds like exactly what it says on the tin. Absolutely, exactly what you expect. Another one is is um, leading science in the outdoor classroom, which yeah. is where it's going outside. That is not just to do biology. It's about doing physics and also incorporating those ideas of maths and design and technology and being a bit broader in actually the application of things, but actually getting young people to to be more aware of their surroundings from a STEM point of view mm. and that's really quite engaging for teachers because they realise they don't have to have fancy equipment there's a lot of very simplistic stuff in there but it really does help young people engage better yeah great and and all of that is um is on offer if they go where where should they go and find out more um yeah so if they start on our website so that's uh, stem.org.uk um, and then there's, there's a couple of options in the top there. So primary will give you a kind of run through of what's available to you as a primary teacher. And then there's a secondary and post-16 parts as well. And then in there, there's the whole range. So there's the kind of catalogue for courses, which will also tell you what the subsidies are that you're available to you. So really importantly, back to that point of making the CPD affordable. So trying to explain to you what what, what subsidy is on offer to you, um, but also the resources that we mentioned, which are separated, for example, in primary, it could be separated by what you might teach that year in that subject. So it's a really quite tailored um, list of things for you to have a look at and then access to those STEM ambassadors and asking for a STEM ambassador to come into your classroom or your school, run an assembly, um, help deliver part of a lesson um, and just talk about what they do. Um, back to that point that you mentioned a while ago, Tiff, around gender gender stereotypes yeah. and yeah. and bringing in different experiences and people who've done different things and come from different backgrounds. They're just a wealth of of different people that give their time freely just to come in and talk to young people about what they might look to do in in their careers and and as they move through their lives, which is really really empowering at that that primary age, especially. Completely is. And and thank you for that, Alice. And you also do you loan? Do you do a loan service as well? Is that you loan things out or can they come and borrow things in that amazing library that you have? <laughs> yeah, we have a library. Um, we mainly use it for, for people that come on courses, go and can look mm. at anything. Anybody can come anytime, actually, and, and have a look around the library. And we also have um, computing kits, which can be loaned as well from your local computing hub for free. Um, and there's a specific primary kit and how you use that. And this is kit that not 
you know not all schools have access to and I think we need to be mindful for primary schools that you've got you know some massive primary schools but some really really small ones yeah. and some really geographically isolated ones and so those we try and make sure that the support we've got can be tailored to your your circumstance you know if you can't get out of school because you're one of three teachers that doesn't mean there isn't support available that is funded and that you can get for free so please don't let that put you off I guess would be my my plea okay and there's something else around that as well because that's almost our off-the-shelf package but what we do offer is uh, and we've done this with individual schools and we do it with with trusts as well is actually to do something bespoke that meets their needs that's very Mm. specific to what they want so People actually do come and actually effectively hire or use the National Centre at York to for whole trust or whole school activities. Um, Quite often with some of the education team actually supporting specific sessions. So they may have identified a specific need across a trust and we can then help within science and computing to actually work with that. So we're also open to those conversations about where we know that the subject and phase leads within trusts that are supporting particular areas of development. And what we can do is help expand the reach of that or provide a space where they can actually come together, especially with a geographically dispersed trust, where they can actually all come to one space where actually any income from that is also reinvesting in education, which is quite important, I think. To... Yeah, I, I, I agree with all of that. Um, and I think, you know, anybody who's listening to this and, and hasn't ever looked at the STEM centre, it's huge. I mean, it's 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 massive, isn't it? It's not a, it's it's not a, a little room um, off off the <laughs> campus. It's it's it actually sort of hits you in the face when you drive around that corner and park and, in the car park. Doesn't and, it? Yeah, and we have our own sixty-four bedroom accommodation block as well. So, you know, we're fully contained on site uh, with a restaurant as well. Um, so, you know, it's we can bring people together. And because you're taking people out of that classroom, that time is really precious. Any time spent away from the classroom has got to be used yes. really well. Yeah. It's trying to work with people to see, you know, what's the best thing that we can do to support good teaching and learning. And, and a lot of that is about retaining teachers as well, that teachers who get that valued experience and supported with a specific subject. It's not just a whole school thing that people are looking at. They're more valued. And we did some research years ago for with Wellcome Trust, um, an education data lab, which looked at teachers who engage with regular intensive professional development with us, were 160% more likely to be in the profession after five years than those from similar schools. Um, yeah, I mean, people can look at the stats and you can dig into that on our website, but actually we know that feeling that, as you said, the smiles that come through. Yeah, and that's actually driven, and just not just from a science or computing point of view. That's important across subject areas, mm-hmm. uh, and we want to make that really clear. We, you know, we champion STEM subjects, particularly science and computing, but actually all subjects do matter, and it, that subject-specific CPD is really important for teachers to experience over their time, no matter what subject area they're keen. And I've and I've seen that in the building. It's it's not. It's not just them. It's everything. It's everything and everywhere, and um, it's just a really, really great place to be. Um, we have Shakespeare quotes on the walls downstairs. You know, we want to see that you know, yes. the wider subjects mm. coming together. It's really important for us. We're coming to the end of this now, and and I said at the beginning I, I could speak to you all day. I, I love what you do, and I and I love where you work, and I would happily move into that sixty-four room accommodation <laughs> and stay there for a long time. Is there anything I've missed that you want to tell us that? Um, that that we've not covered I think we've covered quite a lot I mean I think there's some areas that all of us have our own little uh, piece for um, and it's 
as well as being sort of you know, within the sciences, some of our big focus is not just on subject knowledge, but on things like purpose or practical work. So things that Ofsted have also looked at, you know, why are we doing practical work in the way we do? But also because we're the National Centre for Computing Education, that we're really supporting that world leading computing education for science, uh, for students in, in England. And that's really something that's obviously taken off in the last five or so years because for many schools it's a new departure and so there's still a huge amount of support out there that that is needed in schools and there's an awful lot of, of readily available and either highly subsidized in some cases free resources and professional development that can really improve and we know that we're more technologically advanced society we're going that way and we need the teaching of the subjects to reflect that as well. And I think for anybody who's interested a bit more in, in the National Centre for Computing Education, if you visit teachcomputing.org, within there, there's there's free CPD because it's all subsidised by the Department for Education. There's access to your local computing hubs and there's also a curriculum map and a teach computing curriculum. So it has resources available at every stage in the curriculum right through um, from key stage one all the way through to key stage I think it is at the moment so it's well worth a look. Thanks both do check do check that out I just want to say that um, from my perspective it's very hard for me to explain to listeners who are listening to this just how wonderful this place is and it is it is wonderful it's it's bright and light and open and and honestly everybody is smiling the teachers who teach the teachers are enthusiastic and happy and knowledgeable and just really love their job and want to help in whatever capacity that is and i can't stress that enough they're just a, a, a wonderful group of people so even if you just have a look at their website and see what they do um and see their smiling faces it might make you feel a little bit happier just for a short period of time but it's just such a wonderful place I just want to talk about the library a little bit more which is always I've, I've taken some photographs which I will try and attach somewhere um on this on the page for this podcast because that library in itself is just um awe-inspiring and I know that if I took um my daughters in there they'd never leave but I just want to I want you to tell me just describe it better than I can Alice um or Mark I don't mind the giant, he's not that giant, is it? Is it life? Is it like, is he life size, Tim Peak next to the Lego capsule? Just describe <laughs> what that is. And let's, and let's end on that note because I think that's a really good place to end. <laughs> it is indeed a lifestyle cardboard cutout of Tim Peak. So Tim Peak came over to the centre in York when he was uh, just be just after he'd been up, I think, on the ISS and did a session for young people, for students in our theatre, in our auditorium um, and did a Q&A session around what it's like to go up to the ISS and all those questions that young people have about um, going up to space and what it's like being in space. Um, and, and it was incredible. And as part of that, we got a number of these cardboard cutouts of Tim Peak, one of which is proudly in our library here in York, next to um, do, next to a Lego version, a life-size Lego version. I think it's two-thirds scale. Two-thirds yeah. of the Soyuz capsule, <laughs> and it is quite something. It, it, it's a fun. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. I mean, I'd say it's big, but then that suggests that the capsule's big, and it's probably you know not that big in you know if you want it to be. But it, it's it, great, isn't it, Mark? It, is, it amazes me as well that several people can fit in the size of something like that and plunge <laughs> down from yeah. 
near space to Earth in something like that. I think I'd be absolutely terrified. <laughs> not, not the Lego version we're talking about. Not I, the Lego I, version. No, Alice no. was watching me. I did try. I thought I wonder if I can try and sneak into this, but she. I don't know if I was allowed to do. Okay. Um. Thank you very much, both of you, for this chat today. Let's catch up again soon. Um, and, and let's talk um, about some of the other things that you have on offer. We're going to the summer holidays now. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, it's because you're listening to it during the summer. You may be on a beach listening to what the uh, National STEM Centre does whilst you're sat there sunbathing, or you might be out walking the dog, or you might be driving your car, or it might be September and it's the new term and you're looking at curriculum and thinking, where can I get some support? What, whatever you're doing, I hope this has been useful. I really want to catch up with Alice and Mark and the team again really soon because it's just a joy talking to you. And um, thank you very much for your time. I hope that you both have a great summer too. I hope you're not just planning lots more great stuff at the STEM Centre. You're actually, they're allowing you to leave for a little while. Or do you have big Lego kits that you need to put? Is it the next um, Kim Peek exhibitions Lego kit? I don't have, know, you know. We actually have quite a lot of teachers coming in on CPD over the summer. Um, oh, so we actually okay. have over the next couple of weeks, a lot of early career teachers coming in who've finished their first uh, year of initial teacher education and are coming in particularly for hands-on practical work. What so something idea. they may not have had as much experience on during that mm -hmm. first year of, of their training. Um, for many of them, particularly in secondaries, before they hit the ground running in September. So we've got quite a lot of that happening, over there, which is great for us because we're trying to give that professional environment, but those teachers are giving up their own time to do it, which I think is, a, is something you wouldn't find in many other professions other than teaching. And, and like we've just said, they do everything here. So that's another example. There's just so much that we could do a whole podcast on just the things that you offer. So thank you for all the, the, the help, support and everything that you do. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this today. I really look forward to chatting to you both again and everybody out there. I hope you have a really well-deserved break and see you all again soon. The Askell Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris.